This episode of Locked On Women's Basketball is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Spencer Nussbaum, we'll start with you. Go ahead. Hey, Coach. Uh, just starting off, how are you feeling after the tornado? <laughs> well, it just got, you know, well, I don't know what happened with the tornado other than our practice started a little late because we were going to start film and decided to, you know, relocate to uh, the basement here. So we, we had a very safe, safe spot here at Agnes. Well, a tornado in ATL indeed. My name is Erica Lindsay Ayala. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Women's Basketball. As usually, as usual, usually, usual, as usual, <laughs> I am coming to you uh, on my Tuesday Thursdays. Of course, we have Gabe Ibrahim and Amy Audibert that come to you Monday, sometimes Wednesday, depending on what the schedule is like and the fantastic Howard Megdal on Friday. And we're going to get into some perhaps predicted. Did Howard Megdal predict the tornado move that we heard last night? Yes, uh, I opened the show with Nikki Cullen. That's the fantastic Spencer asking Nikki about a uh, regional weather pattern. But we also got a national ripple effect as Nikki Cullen was announced as the next head coach of Baylor last night, Monday, May 3rd. Happy birthday to all my tourists, family out there. I've got a birthday coming up myself, so happy birthday to us. Tourist season for sure. Anyway, Nikki Cullen is the new head coach at Baylor and woo-wee. So she's leaving the Atlanta dream. This will not be a dual role. Um, I have some, I have the statement that Atlanta uh, put out. I have the Baylor statement. We're going to get into all of that. Um, It's just really odd timing. (laughs) The season starts, I think, as someone jokingly, probably Bria Felician said, (laughs) the season starts tomorrow. They're in training camp. The, the entire WNBA, so that includes the Atlanta Dream. They're in training camp right now. They have not made final roster cuts. Generally speaking, WNBA players uh, are still playing overseas, and some have not even reported yet to training camp. So this is kind of a big deal. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Atlanta still doesn't have a general manager. Krasenko was let go by the franchise So this is very interesting. So we're going to talk and I'm going to give you, um, I'll read to you clips from the Baylor press release and the Atlanta statement regarding Nikki Cullen. Later in the show, I'll do my best to round up the news as far as what we know about when the players found out, how they're reacting to this news. When did Atlanta find out? I'm recording earlier in the day Tuesday, but we just got word that um, interim head coach Mike Peterson will be available this afternoon. So I will also have that later on the show, the the magic of editing. Um, 
and then we'll we'll just do a quick social media roundup. So not just the players, but people like Renee Montgomery, one of the owners for Atlanta, Kurt Miller, who coached with Nikki Cullen. And then I'll get you ready for the introductory press conference that Baylor has announced will be tomorrow, Wednesday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, that will be at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. So a lot to get into um also later in the show in the third segment we'll go over the WNBA schedule we're going to go over the new WNBA and google partnership um and when i say WNBA schedule let me just backtrack real quick i mean the broadcast schedule espn cbs sports there uh, is some twitter and social media engagements again we'll go over that and um, then I'll get you ready for what we will do on Thursday. It will be some focus on Social Justice Thursday, but it's also Media Day week. So I want to make sure I get you to some of those Media Day uh, remote virtual Zoom conferences that me and my colleagues are attending. So it is busy, busy, busy for the WNBA, but in the first segment, we're going to hear from a little bit more from Nikki Cullen's final, what ended up being her final media availability as head coach of the Atlanta Dreams. So you'll hear a little bit from Tiana Hawkins, who was at that media avail, and then, of course, Nikki Cullen. That will get us ready then to talk about the move, what we know. That will also give me time to attend the media availability today that Atlanta will be hosting, so I'll have some of that recorded and ready to go for you as well. And then, finally, I will get you ready for what we know is to come, the Baylor press conference. I'll talk about that a little bit more on Thursday. And then the news, the WNBA broadcast schedule, WNBA and Google, and a few other trinkets of information. So a jam-packed show on Tuesday. We turn it up. On a Tuesday, hey, let's go. Lots of women's basketball news. I love a strong crossover. WNBA infiltrates NCAA and vice versa. We have it all. But let's finish out segment one strong. Going to take you to Nikki Cullen in her last media availability with Atlanta, with the Atlanta Dream as the head coach. So you'll hear from the reporters on the Atlanta Dream beat Let's get it going. That's good to hear. Um, now I guess for more of a basketball question. Uh, if you could kind of just talk about what you've seen so far on the defensive side of the ball um, in training camp and how much of your scheme have you had to overhaul now that you've brought in, you know, so many new players? Yeah, our schemes um, haven't changed. Our base hasn't changed. Who we are hasn't changed. Um, I think the, the beauty of our, our group is that we have a couple of veterans in Odyssey and Tiana that are good communicators uh, defensively, that are active defensively. And, you know, the combination of the players we've added with Ari um, and Odyssey at the point of attack uh, makes us really good. I feel like Courtney's in getting in good shape and, you know, is a little more physical than she was in the bubble coming off of COVID last year. So we've just been pretty good at the point of attack. So, you know, even from the scrimmage to practice, things like that, I think our aggressiveness on the ball can make a big difference, you know, and, and I think that that could be a difference between, you know, good and great defensively. 
Raphael Haynes, go ahead. Hey, Coach Nikki. Uh, wanted to ask you, you know, you've always been asked, you've been asked so many times this during this training camp, you know, what do you think of your players? How do you feel about their play? But I wanted to ask you, being here for, this is your fourth year now, transition so much, so many players going in and out. What have you learned about yourself as a coach during this time? Good question. You know, I mean, I think I'm still growing. I think, I think if you're not, um, you're going to become a dinosaur pretty quickly anyway. Um, you know, I think a lot of the, the concepts um, and beliefs that I have haven't changed, but, you know, how we implement them at time changes, um, how we coach them, um, how we challenge them, you know, doing a better job of, you know, even when we're getting in drills of, of getting to live action um, so that we compete um, more in practice. I mean, it's just so nice to be back in the gym as opposed to at IMG last year, you know, and have a full roster and be able to have, you know, as long a practice as we want to get extra shots up, extra individual work. Um, because a year ago, we just, it, it wasn't a real season. I, I, you know, proud that the WNBA was, was able to pull it off and, and we got something done. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't a real season. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't not real coaching, but it was, it was just really different. And so, you know, sometimes it's, it's learning how to say the same thing a different way um, because not everybody hears the message the same way. So, you know, I, I think that's um, the biggest goal, just continuing to push our players to learn how to play with pace, to play effectively with pace, um, you know, um, has been a, been a big goal since we've been here. I have a question in the chat from Michelle Vogel. Um, Coach, if there's one thing that you've identified as your biggest concern entering the season and one thing that you see as the biggest strength, what are those? I think the biggest concern is uh, rebounding. Um, we were dead last in the league in defensive rebounding a year ago. Um, you know, we have to do a better job of, of gang rebounding. We need all five players engaged. Um, you know, we just don't have one player that swallows up all the defensive rebounds. So the ability of a Courtney Williams, of an Odyssey Sims, of a Kennedy Carter to run down loose balls and, and to mix it up in the lane is really, really important for us because we can't run without the basketball. Um, and if we're going to play some small ball or, or smaller ball, um, we're not that small, then, then we, have to, we have to rebound. So I would say that's probably the biggest area of concern and growth that, and, and it showed even again in our scrimmage, you know, we, we didn't always look great on the glass. We've got to hit, hit and go and, and gang rebound. Um, the strength of this team is the speed, the speed and the ability to put pressure on the defense in a multitude of ways, you know, um, Courtney off the bounce, Kennedy off the bounce, Odyssey off the bounce, area off the bounce, and then the ability to space, you know, with our bigs now. And, and today was a great practice because we really smoothly moved from one action to the next. Um, you know, and I think, I think that's a big part, you know, for this team of the ball not get, getting stuck on one side. They can, we certainly have creative players, but, you know, playing within that team system, pushing early, getting into early actions, swinging it, getting into second actions and not letting the ball stick. So, I mean, I, I think we've got a lot of guards that can create a lot of good shots for our team. Back to Spencer Nussbaum. Go ahead, Spencer. Yeah, um, I, I know it's easy to talk about building team chemistry and good culture kind of as, as broader concepts. Um, but basically every player who's come through here has really talked about, you know, the culture in Atlanta and, and what you guys have started to build. I'm curious if you could give us some insight into what 
establishing a culture actually looks like in training camp from your perspective and which players are, you know, sort of helping to lead that? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with like, you know, um, you know, I think we have a staff um, that believes in family. Um, we're all family people. We all have kids. We all um, are close. And, you know, it's, it's creating a family environment. And, and I've always said for me personally, um, people, players don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, and so it's, it's about caring about them. It's about, um, because I think that allows you to challenge them. It allows you to coach them. It allows you to criticize them. And, you know, but ultimately our, our culture is positive. It's positive, but there's an accountability to that. You know, there's a discipline to that. You know, we're not letting them do whatever they want. Um, but we want them to have great joy when they play. We want them to be themselves. We want them to have fun. Um, you know, yes, this is a job, but it's a, it's a game. You know, they, they get to play a game for a living, so they should enjoy it. Um, and so it, it's about competing, but it's about having joy when you compete. So I would say, you know, that begins in training camp. That begins with how we drill. It begins with how we celebrate, um, how we point at each other when we make a basket or make a good pass. And so, you know, that's how we build culture. And last question, we'll go back to Spencer Nussbaum. Go ahead, Spencer. Uh, again, I think, as you know, we weren't actually able to watch the scrimmage yesterday. Um, so could you maybe just tell us one moment from yesterday that caught your eye that really made you say, okay, I'm excited about the direction of this team. I'm excited where this team is going. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that, you know, I, I would say it was the combination of, um, you know, actions where we were really good defensively in our rotations, in our communication, um, being able to help at the nail and play back out and get to shooters and really pressure the basketball. I mean, we harassed them at the point of attack and we're, we're able to get easy bu buckets in transition. Um, you know, and, and I thought our fours rim ran really well. Mo really rim ran. Uh, Tiana uh, got out in transition. Even Kalani got a basket, you know, on a rim run in transition. So, you know, if, if we can consistently have rim runners and, and pressure at the point of attack, whether it's ball screen or isolation or whatever, you know, I, I think, you know, we can really compete, you know, but it, it's going to start for us going to begin and end with how good is our ball pressure. Hey, women's basketball fans. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room, of course, is the first social audio platform that is made for sports fans. This is a free app to download. And once you're in, you can talk to folks, other fans, athletes and insiders in real time about your favorite team or your favorite sport. So go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure that you create a profile, link your Twitter, and you can join your favorite group, women's basketball, NHL, MLB, NFL, and uh, get all of the latest updates. You can also follow me at elindsay 8 that's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8 on Locker Room. You'll be notified when any of my rooms go live. And that's definitely going to be something that you want to do as we get ready to tip off the 25th WNBA season. So I'll see you there. And remember, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So you heard from Nikki Cullen, her last media availability Here's what we know happened since. Uh, I just got off of a Zoom call with Mike Peterson, who is the interim head coach. I'm going to play a little bit of that 
for you coming up next. But um, we know that Darius and and Mike, who are the assistants under Nikki Cullen, uh, according to <laughs> to Mike, uh, and he put it in a funny way, but according to Mike, uh, he woke up yesterday and. Um, basically had no idea i I don't want to give away i want you to hear what he had to say i thought it was funny um and so a lot of yesterday including um you know a practice was uh adjusting i do want to play for you the um the conversation that in in real time for me that we just had with with Mike, but first let's go to the statement that the Atlanta Dream released regarding Nikki Cullen. Uh, quote, we are grateful to Nikki Cullen for her hard work coaching the Dream over the past three years. We wish her great success at Baylor University. At this time, we are thrilled to announce, announce excuse me, the promotion of Mike Peterson from assistant coach to interim head coach, who will work closely with assistant coach Darius Taylor. They are invaluable members of the Atlanta Dream family, and we look forward to their leadership of the team this season. So that's what we got last night from Atlanta. Here is what the Baylor Lady Bears announced. Um, this comes from their press release, and both of these statements that I'm reading right now will be, uh, there will be links below. Um, Baylor University Vice President and Director of Intercollegiate Athletics, Mac Rhodes, announced Monday that former Atlanta Dream, hear that, former Atlanta Dream head coach Nikki Cullen would be named the fifth head coach in Baylor women's basketball history. Cullen will be formally introduced Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. at the Ferrell Center. Quote, today is an exciting day for the Baylor for Baylor University and for our women's basketball program. Nikki is a passionate leader of young women and an elite basketball mind and teacher of the game, said Rhodes. She is a great mission fit who shares in our vision of preparing champions for life by commanding excellence both on and off the court. Nikki's professional experience will be invaluable to developing players for the next level. Her addition sustains our commitment to the women's basketball program at the highest level. We welcome Nikki, her husband Tom, and children, Connor, Reese, and Logan, to the Baylor family. The press release goes on to say, and this is where we hear from Nikki, I am thrilled to be the head coach at Baylor University. I believe it is the top job in the country for women's basketball, said Cullen. I am excited to begin working with this extremely talented team, and I am grateful for the unwavering support of President Livingstone and Mac Rhodes. The success of this program speaks for itself, and I will begin working today to ensure Baylor women's basketball continues to be a program that excels at the highest levels. That coming from Baylor University yesterday, Monday, May 3rd. So now I will take you to what Mike Peterson said today, Tuesday, May 4th, in media availability uh, with the Atlanta Dream. Mike, we'll start with an opening statement from you, and then we'll go to questions. 
Great. So um, everyone in the organization is just thrilled for Nikki and her family. Uh, Baylor's getting a great coach, and and that's a great opportunity for Nikki. So we're all just super. Our players super happy for our organization. Super happy for, and we know that she's going to do great things there. And now it's just about us coming together as a group and for Darius and I, uh, who are very much going to work together here uh, and working together for the last three years. And we're going to work together on this thing. It's just about us serving our players and providing them with the best opportunity to have success, providing them with structure and guidance uh, so that they know what the expectations are. All right, we'll go to questions. If you have a question for Mike, please raise your hand in the chat. I'll call on you. Our first question comes from Howard Megdahl from the next. Go ahead, Howard. Hey, Mike, thanks for taking the time to chat. Uh, yeah, no worries. Hi, Howard. Uh, I'm hoping you to take me through just the last day or two, um, you know, when this first started to be on your radar. You know, I, I, anything to tell me about just sort of how this has come about and what that process has been like. Here's what I can, here's what I can tell you for sure. I'm like old school and I have a day planner. And at no point on yesterday's date was written in, become an interim head coach of the Atlanta tree. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I mean, we found out, you know, uh, Darius and I found out that, that Nikki was as involved as she was yesterday morning before practice, frankly. So, um, and, and that's the way these things happen. You know, our, our industry, whether it's college or the pros, it, it, a lot of times these things pop in a hurry, right? And, and so, you know, we found out then, and uh, from that point forward, a lot of Zooms uh, and uh, some team Zooms and some Zooms with ownership. And, and uh, uh, you know, we, we, we just spent basically all day yesterday meeting and talking and making sure that we were doing the right thing for the players in this organization, because this is just a fabulous group of players. They've been so good, uh, all camp. Uh, they've had tremendous energy and focus. And so, you know, my thing is just, you know, I'm here to serve. That's all. It's the same thing I was here the last three years. I'm, I'm here to serve our players. And so, however, the organization asked me to serve, that's what I'm going to do. Next question comes from Charles Odom from AP. Go ahead, Charles. Hi. Um, you um, you said that you, you want to bring, you know, um, structure uh, to the team. Um, also considering, you know, the recent move with, uh, you know, the, the the change at the top with the president and Jean-Yom. Yeah. Is there, is there a sense that that um, stability and structure is 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 a is is a um, elusive goal? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. Again, you know, the, one one of the one of the things about teams and athletes, okay, is frankly we usually operate in a little bubble. I mean, we were all in the bubble last year, right? But even in a normal year, uh, the best teams and the best athletes uh, very much operate in a bubble. They very much insulate themselves from distraction, the best teams do. And so uh, this group has been frankly very good at being focused on their teammates, being focused on the process, being focused on the work at hand. Good afternoon, Coach. Congratulations. Um, just had two quick questions for you. Are there, yeah. plan, are there plans of adding an additional assistant coach at some point in the season, or will it just be you and Darius throughout? 
Good question. Yeah, our, our ownership group is working right now to add staff. So yes, we anticipate as quickly as we can getting someone that's really qualified, okay, uh, added to our staff and then they'll have to go through protocols. They'll have to post the negative tests. You know, are you vaccinated? Or are you not vaccinated? All of those things. But yes, that is one of the first things that, that as a group, uh, Darius and I and the ownership group started working on um, just right away because we need, we, we need help. I mean, we lost Nikki, who obviously was the head coach and a very, very uh, important part of what we did every day. And so we need to add back value onto, onto our staff. And, and I'm, I'm confident that we'll find really good folks. So there you have it. Um, that's what Mike Peterson had to say. I wanted to, I teased a little bit like, hey, did our very own Howard Mendel kind of have the beat on this? Well, if you are a subscriber to the Nine newsletter, and you definitely, definitely should be, I write Hockey Fridays, but Howard takes care of Wednesdays, which is, of course, um, Women's Basketball Wednesdays. And uh, the title, There's No Script for Kim Mulkey to LSU. All right, Howard Mendel. Suddenly the Big 12 is wide open and Vic Schaefer's for the taking. Consider now, consider that he now has Texas in many ways to himself, though Gary Blair and Reagan Pebley will have something to say about that. But no more Kim Mulkey and Baylor as a counterweight feels like if he'd been at Mississippi State and Dawn Staley left South Carolina. Um, okay, so that's an interesting take. Uh, we'll see now what Nikki Cullen coming into the Big 12 means for, for Vic Schaefer. Um, Howard goes on to say, but what does happen to Baylor anyway? For Mulkey to leave, it meant they wanted a different direction for the women's basketball program. That doesn't necessarily mean a de-emphasizing, but... A big early tell will be who they hire and w at what salary slot. So we don't have salary information just yet, uh, but we'll see what information that we get. For those asking, I believe WNBA coaches and Nikki Cullen may be around the 400K, 500K mark. Um, you know, we're upwards of two, two, three million for um, someone like Kim Mulkey, who was at Baylor and, and also what she got at LSU just to compare. So we'll have to see if, if uh, we get any details about Nikki Cullen's uh, contract. But here is the, this is the um, fortune telling perhaps that Howard Mengdahl was doing. Uh, again, this is for the Nine Newsletter. The early buzz is around folks like Joni Taylor of Georgia promoting synth Cynthia Messer, if she doesn't follow Kim to Baton Rouge, or maybe a big play, play for Jeff Walls, who, of course, is the Louisville coach. And then this is in parentheses. Personally, I'd call Nikki Cullen and see how settled she is in Atlanta. That's Howard for you. Howard, Howard with the no. That's why you should subscribe to the Nine Newsletter. Insiders like Howard, like myself, bringing you six now, or up to six women's sports 
all of the news, all of the news uh, that you need to read, all of the information that we know, and usually get an interview by a player, coach, GM, all kinds of stuff. And it comes it comes directly to your inbox six days a week, Monday through Saturday. Uh, Mondays is soccer or football. Tuesdays, we've got tennis. Wednesdays, as you just heard me read, is women's basketball. Thursday, we have golf Friday, hockey Fridays with me, and Saturday, gymnastics. So we're getting ready for Tokyo. All right, coming up next on Locked On Women's Basketball, going off of what Howard said, you know, what does this mean for Baylor? Well, what does Nikki Cullen to Baylor mean for Baylor? And what does Nikki Cullen to Baylor mean for the Atlanta Dream? I'll give you some of my thoughts coming up next on Locked On Women's Basketball. If you are a longtime listener to the show, you know I am a sucker for a family-owned business. And luckily, the Locked On Podcast Network is sponsored by Rock Auto. It is a family business that has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the best brands, specifications, and of course, the prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see the parts available for your vehicle. Type locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Did you know Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action? We've got baseball season in full swing, and you can track all of that action on Bet Online. Not to mention, we have the NFL draft upon us. The Kentucky Derby is coming up, and that, of course, is the first leg of the Triple Crown that's going to begin this weekend. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, and that's where you can go, betonline.ag. So before the next pitch... Head over to Bet Online. You can go on your laptop, your mobile device, whatever you got. Check out all the great sporting news and sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs for the playoffs. Yeah, we're looking at you, hockey. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts ultimately what gets me the most about this move is the timing timing quite frankly stinks but as i mentioned i believe earlier on the show there have been changes there are new owners including one renee montgomery for atlanta they got rid of their general manager And now their coach has taken on a high-profile job at Baylor. So this is an opportunity. There is some urgency, I believe, for the Atlanta Dream to find a new head coach. I do think, though, again, according to Mike Peterson, uh, that system is pretty much set in place. And I think it's the right move to let someone like Mike, who worked under Nikki Cullen, 
take that over. The thing that is going to be different, though, is that Mike Peterson, as you heard, is very comfortable being an assistant, doesn't have aspirations to be a head coach, not right, is not there on his path. So eventually, new ownership, eventually whomever the general manager is going to be is is going to want to see some results. Now, does that mean Atlanta can't put up some numbers on the board, so to speak, this season? Of course not. What it does mean is that outside of a, a philosophy of kind of how to go about day by day, there also has to be vision. And Mike Peterson is not the vision person, uh, respectfully. He is the stopgap, right? The The plug uh, the the um, the the conduit the the bridge between Nikki and whomever comes in. So now that begs the question. I mentioned on Clubhouse you've got people in Cheryl Reeves' uh, camp who one was a head coach, Katie Smith. Others maybe want to be a head coach. Interesting to see what Rebecca Brunson will do because she now has, I I think she's having a a great time being on the media side of things. Planette Pearson is there as well. Um, Does Katie Smith make a play for the Atlanta position? Is she ready? Um, She was a head coach uh, coming out uh, from under the wing of Bill Ambeer when Bill left for Las Vegas. Katie Smith took over the New York Liberty. That did not go very well for New York, the New York Liberty or for Katie Smith. And I, I think looking back that Katie maybe um, was a little bit lost uh, or didn't take the opportunity to create her vision, right? Um, I think that she was kind of, uh, it was a copy paste of what Bill had. And I don't think Bill's vision was great for New York at that time. So there needed to be a change. And Katie Smith at that time wasn't enough of a change for the New York Liberty. She's working under Cheryl Reeve. Cheryl Reeve has proven over the last several seasons as a visionary, uh, particularly as a general manager, that, um, She's got some vision. She's got some vision. Um, Has that trickled down to Katie Smith? Only time will tell. Um, You know, who are some other coaches? I think getting a former WNBA player would be great. Getting a black woman in particular, even better. But I mentioned, you know, the the salary. uh, About 400K arguably, for that summer role as head coach, if it's just a head coach role, um, versus millions of dollars. So are you going to get someone who's on the WNBA side already a head coach at, at in the WNBA? Are you going to get someone that's already a head coach or, or excuse me, an assistant coach um, in the NBA? Are you going to get them to take a WNBA job? I think it's highly unlikely. Perhaps if it's a more veteran coach that has had their experience, you know, a la Mike Peterson and kind of wants to settle in and know that there's what they hope, some job security. But here's the thing. You're not getting much job security as a head coach. The only way you get job security as a head coach is if you win. And quite honestly, you get more job security, especially if you are, uh, I'm just going to be blunt here. If you are a white coach 
in women's basketball, you get a little bit more security. This is numbers. This is statistically speaking, and there's a lot of research. I would go check out Athletic Directors U. I'll leave a link. I've just uh, scrubbed some of their data, so it's fresh on my mind. But statistically speaking, in college basketball, on the men's side, on the women's side, coaches of color, black coaches in particular, they might get a high-profile job, but if they don't keep that job, then they have difficulty finding an, another job, period, let alone a high-profile job, so a Power 5 team, a head coaching job in the WNBA. Um, Katie Smith, I think, you know, she found another assistant coaching job. Hopefully she's being groomed to be a head coach. That seems to be the path that she wants to take, and that seems to be what Cheryl Reeve wants to do. Um, but we saw that it took a little while for Vicki Johnson to get back. We haven't seen Pokey Chapman come back. We haven't seen, um, I'm, I'm, it's not Amber Cox. Why am I forgetting her name right now? Coached in Chicago. Hold on. Google is my friend. Wow. It is Amber Stocks. You see, they're so close. Amber Cox, of course, was with uh, the Connecticut Sun. I actually talked about Amber Cox uh, in reference to the Jennifer Rosati hiring. I thought I was going to get into that this week, but of course, we had some shakeup, if you will, a tornado uh, in Atlanta. So focused on that, but I want to come back to that. So Amber Cox is not who I was thinking about. Thinking about. I was thinking of Amber Stocks. We have not seen Amber Stocks come back to coach in the WNBA. We haven't seen Pokey Chapman come back to coach in the WNBA. So I don't know. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what Atlanta does. I would also like to see teams be a little bit more transparent with their hiring process. Now, of course, they're going to do that, uh, you know, a little bit reserved likely because they don't want people to know kind of who's in that pipeline. But I'm like, hey, why not? Again, I've just been looking up all this data. And if you really want to hire and you want uh, candidates from um, underrepresented backgrounds, if you want more equity in your hiring process, then a great way to do that is to have transparency and to ensure that the process is the same for all candidates, especially your finalists. So again, athletics, athletic director, you, I'll post some links and uh, I should be having a, a little bit more on this topic when it comes to diversity hiring more in, in the NCAA coming up soon. But that will do it for this episode of Locked on Women's Basketball, um, WNBA schedule, we have games again. They're going to be on ESPN. We're getting games on CBS. Um, so that'll be fun. I didn't get too much into it. I thought I'd have more time. But uh, we'll talk about it on Thursday. I do want to talk a little bit about the WNBA and Google. So one of the things that's cool, and I believe Meredith Cash is the person that tweeted this out, which is what... Uh, caught my eye once I looked at the press release. But, um, so 
part of this deal, so Google, let me start from the beginning. Google will be the presenting partner of the WNBA playoffs and associate partner of the All-Star game on ESPN and the Commissioner's Cup. So hold the phone. Apparently there's going to be, now is this an all-star game for this year? Is it just in general? Because now this is a multi-year partnership. Um, so I don't know if this necessarily means that there's going to be an all-star game in 2021. That seems a little bit crazy, um, but maybe just throughout the multi-year partnership. Um, but what I wanted to get to is that, um, they are going to have sports center highlights. So as part of Google's commitment to women's sports, they will be presenting a montage of the week's best sports highlights on sports center beginning in May. Well, hey, we're in May now. So start watching sports center. We'll probably see more WNBA highlights. And on the one hand, I think it's great that a presenting partner is like, hey, ESPN, we're going to give you money so that you can highlight the WNBA. On the other hand, it's like, what the F, ESPN? Women's sports are actual sports and they have fantastic highlights. Maybe you should have them on your highlight reel. And so miss me with the whole conversation. Oh, nobody cares. Nobody watches. Um, you know, women's sports are not lucrative because they're no good. Well, maybe women's sports are not lucrative because more partners like Google don't step up to the, to the table and put cash money on the table and say, hey, ESPN, cover my sport. Um, and the sports that are popular, maybe, just maybe, it's because they are, they have a lot of money that they and their sponsors put towards making sure that their sport is always on the lips of those tasked to talk about sports. Maybe, maybe, as they say, follow the money and see where it goes. That's my hot take. We'll get into more of that. I'm going to find out a little bit more about this all-star situation. But for now, Eric Lindsay Ayala signing out. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.